This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. And welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. I hope you're well. The release of the podcasts of late has been a bit bitty, uh, mainly because I had the preview and the reviews for both the senior men and the women's games. Uh, I am working on some more feature episodes, of which one is coming later this week. It is to tie in with a special anniversary so i hope you can join me for that one Uh, of course the senior men are not in action until june now but i've got some news on one of those games coming up now the reason for this episode is just basically a little catch-up one uh, with some items that i thought were of note uh, and rather than squeeze them in at a later date um, when the moment may have passed I thought let's just let's just do a little catch up episode. Don't forget the show can be found on all the social media channels. Just search Three Lions Podcast and click that follow or subscribe button. It is also on YouTube. Uh, if you want to listen via that medium, you can do. Now, as I say, this is a uh, this is a little news roundup, and let's start with the worst possible news ahead of the Women's World Cup. It happened in a WSL match between Manchester United and Arsenal. Leo Williamson, the Lionesses captain, went down injured in agony. Two days later, on the 21st of April, it was announced that she had suffered an ACL injury. Uh, That is an anterior cruciate ligament injury. And with around 90 days until the World Cup in New Zealand and Australia begins, this is the last thing that Serena Weigman would have wanted. Obviously, any player getting injured isn't anything we want. But for her leader on the pitch, and the one that has lifted two Arnold Clark Cups, a European Championships and a Finalissima only recently, this is a real blow. Williamson took to Instagram to speak out. Uh, It's quite a heartfelt message. Acknowledging the World Cup and Champions League dream are over for her. But it's more the thought of what's to come that is the most draining. She then goes on to say she's seen her teammates go through the same and come out stronger. And I particularly like it when she says, I also hold perspective that globally there are much greater difficulties and therefore my circumstances right now are just that, circumstantial. I'd like to wish her all the very best for her recuperation and look forward to seeing her back on the pitch soon. Uh, Of course, as the World Cup approaches, I will be speaking with Rich Laverty about how the Lionesses are going to get around this situation they find themselves in. And there is the subject of ACL injuries occurring perhaps too often in the women's game. Of course, Beth Mead is already ruled out of the World Cup after suffering the same injury for Arsenal back in November last year. 
ironically, against Manchester United. Uh, in fact, Arsenal have suffered greatly in this respect, uh, with a striker of theirs, Vivian Miedemar, also having the same injury. I've heard of the possibilities of investigations being started to look at the cause of these injuries in the women's game and also the talk of there being too many games being played. I think it's, it's far too early to jump to conclusions, but if research can be done, then that can only be good for the long term of the women's game. And the Lionesses are heading down under as one of the favourites, but it has to be said... With this injury, coupled with the loss of Mead, Millie Bright is struggling too. All of a sudden, the foundations of the Lioness's defence look a little wobbly. That's not to say, though, that we don't have good backup. I'm more concerned that there is the possibility that that backup may not have enough experience of playing together going into a, a major tournament. And while she hasn't ever played under Serena Weigman and last played for the Lionesses in February 2021 in a game against Northern Ireland, this may just see an open door for Steph Horton to return. Watch this space. Now, the under-20s World Cup was drawn on Friday the 21st of April. You may remember that this was a competition we won back in 2017 when our under-20s beat Venezuela in South Korea, with a team that included the likes of Fakayo Tomori, Dominic Solanke, Carl Walker-Peters, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, those amongst others. Other than that victory, the best we've previously done at the Under-20 World Cup uh, was fourth place in 1981 in Qatar, of all places, uh, and third in 1993 in Australia. And since 2017, the competition has since been won by Ukraine in 2019, when they defeated South Korea in Poland. It's a tournament that is played every two years. However, because of COVID, the 2021 edition was cancelled. But back in 2019, the 2021 competition was due to be hosted by Indonesia. So it was felt that they should retain those hosting rights for 2023. All was going to plan until they were stripped of it on the 29th of March this year. They objected to the participation of Israel. And as a nation, Indonesia doesn't have any formal diplomatic ties with Israel and apparently many protesters had taken to the streets in support of Palestine. FIFA finally pulled the plug on Indonesia when the governor of Bali, one of Indonesia's many islands, refused to host the Israeli team. FIFA did pull that plug and quickly awarded it to Argentina they gave them the hosting rights on the 17th of April. Cutting it fine, they were. Uh, apparently, they were the only country to submit a hosting bid alongside Indonesia back in 2019. It was fortunate, I guess, that Argentina hadn't originally qualified for the tournament, so it was really just a straight swap. It meant some quick shuffling of things around by FIFA as the draw was fast approaching, which in the end 
took place in Zurich at FIFA headquarters. Despite all the last-minute changes, the dates for the tournament haven't changed. It begins on the 20th of May and finishes with the final on the 11th of June. 24 teams participating across six groups of four. England have been drawn in Group E alongside Uruguay, Iraq and Tunisia. First game is against the Tunisians on the 22nd of May, then Uruguay three days later on the 25th, and then finally Iraq on the 28th of May. Top two of each group automatically qualify, then the four best third place teams go through with them to a round of 16. Now, in 1991, we were actually drawn with Uruguay. We drew 0-0 and both of us came home. Uh, Again, in 2009, we were drawn with them. We lost by a goal to nil and again came home. We were drawn with Iraq in 2013, where we drew two all after being two up. Iraqis equalising deep into injury time. We went home whilst Iraq went on to the semi-finals. Now, it'll be hosted, as I say, by Argentina in four stadiums, which I have to say, all look pretty impressive. Uh, And with Argentina only three hours behind us, it should be fairly accessible to watch on whatever channel it's on. Uh, I imagine it will predominantly be on FIFA's website, but we'll find out nearer the time. And whilst, of course, we all want England to do well, I think only a brave man would put money on a winner from the outset. This level of football can be so unpredictable. Whilst many may think we should breeze past the likes of Tunisia and Iraq, it really can be hit and miss at this level. But we'll be uh, we'll be keeping tabs on that as it comes around. But on to the senior men. Malta away takes place on Friday the 16th of June, a few days before our home game against North Macedonia. The away application period for tickets is still open for those that are intending to go, and it will be open until 2pm Friday the 28th of April. Now, the England Supporters Travel Club have already provided an update via email, anticipating our allocation likely to be in the region of 4,000, a similar amount to when we played their last in 2017. Estimated ticket prices are 30 quid, but that could change. They have made a point of saying, so far, over 6,200 supporters have applied for tickets. Now, if you're looking at how many caps you have and how many you'll need, 21 appears to be the magic number to guarantee you one. Don't be too disheartened, though. Uh, I know of someone who managed to get an Italy ticket on just three caps. It does happen. But basically, keep going to as many home matches as you can, build up your caps, and you stand a better chance of going away. It's not a closed shop. Uh, For those that are going... Nearer the time, I'll be speaking to a Maltese fan who is going to give us a guide to the island. And actually, just whilst we're talking Malta, it's been announced that Ukraine's home game against them on the 19th of June is to be played in Slovakia, in the city of Tranava. 
uh, in a stadium with capacity of 19,200. It was the stadium where we beat Slovakia with an Adam Lalana goal in the last minute in what was Sam Allardyce's one and only game. Slovakia, it may have been a bit of a surprise given that Ukraine have played their last three home matches in Poland, but it really is anyone's guess where our game with them on the 9th of September will be played. But just looking at their fixtures, they actually play Italy away on the 12th of September. I wonder, could they base themselves in that region so they have minimal travelling? As I say, anyone's guess. Anyway... That's all for me for this episode. Like I said, it's more of a little roundup of news. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it informative. I'll be back with you very soon. As I say, I've got a a nice special episode coming your way later this week. I hope you can join me for it. So until then, look after yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.